Hello and welcome to the Revelation Podcast. My name is John and I would like to thank you for clicking play wherever you clicked it at. And we are continuing on with a series within a series. This series is called Worshiping After Victory. We began with part one on Monday and that is called We Worship God. And then Tuesday, part two is God is power. And yesterday, God is awesome. Well, today we are going on with part four. And we will look at Exodus chapter 15, verses 9 through 10. And this is what I like to call the enemy has no authority. Now, those who just started listening to me will notice that I began at Revelation and then I kind of go back to the Old Testament. With that, I want us to see of how God is involved in the future just like he was involved in the Old Testament. He was also involved in the New Testament with his son. You see, God in the Bible, from the Old Testament to the New Testament and into the future of Revelation, is the same God that we worship today. And so that's why I go from Revelation and then usually in the middle or towards the end, I come back to where I say, this shows revolved around, for example, Exodus chapter 15, verses 9 through 10. And part four is called The Enemy Has No Authority. And again, we will begin in Revelation chapter 21, verses 3 through 4. And I'll be reading from ESV. So you can pause so you can get to the text with your device or hard copy. And let us begin. Revelation chapter 21 verses 3 through 4. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling of place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. With this, John reveals the future to us. He saw the new earth and new Jerusalem. In the new Jerusalem, God will be there. There will be no more crying. There will be no more death. No one will mourn due to someone dying. There will be no more pain. All these things the enemy Satan uses is to put fear into us. And in the future, they will no longer exist. In Revelation 20, Satan is defeated by being bound in the lake of fire forever along with death and Hades. All of this means that the enemy 
has no authority over us. The word shows that the enemy Satan has no authority over us. We could look at Jesus in the wilderness as an example. For 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus did not have anything to eat. He was preparing for the ministry. Satan saw that as a perfect opportunity to tempt him with the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and with pride. Each time he is tempted by Satan, he begins with these words. And I want you to notice these words. He begins with three words each time that Satan tried to tempt him. And those three words are, It is written. Remember that. It is written. When you look at the temptation of Jesus, I want you to underline those three words. It is written. When Satan tried to tempt Jesus by turning the stone to bread, he begins with, It is written. Then he quotes Deuteronomy. But by every word that comes from the mouth of God is how man shall live by. Verse 7. When Satan tried to tempt him by getting him to jump off a cliff. And Jesus again, it is written. You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And then Satan tried to get Jesus to worship him. And Jesus responds, For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Now, I did not miss the first part. Because I want to isolate that. Because that's going to go to show us that we do have authority over the enemy, Satan. You know, when Satan tried to tempt Jesus with the pride of life, look at what he said to him. He said, Be gone, Satan! You notice how there's an exclamation point at the end of Satan? Be gone, Satan! Jesus has authority over Satan. Jesus gives us authority with his name. So we too can say, Be gone, Satan! Look at what he told his disciples in Matthew chapter 18, verses 18 through 20. Truly I say to you, Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you lose on earth shall be loose in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. And John chapter 15 verse 7 says, If you abide in me, and my words abide in you. 
ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. We have the authority in Jesus' name. And we should see that with the two passages I just read. Jesus has given over everything to us in this world. Wherever we have, it will be received in heaven. Wherever we let go, it also will be let go. And Jesus says that in my name, whatever you ask, and it will be done. And that includes having authority over the enemy, Satan. Jesus rebuked Satan. So can we. Look at what Michael did to Satan in Jude chapter 1 verse 9. Michael and the devil was disputing about the body of Moses. And notice at the end where he says he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment. In other words, Satan, I mean, Michael didn't say, hey, Satan, you can't do this because it says this. But said, the Lord rebuke you. Jesus said, be gone, Satan. Michael says, the Lord rebuke you. Well, we are greater than the angels because we are children of God. We have the authority in Jesus' name. So that should bring you to the conclusion of that the enemy has no authority over you, but you have the authority over the enemy. In Luke chapter 4, verse 8, And Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. And again, here we go. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and only shall you serve. Jesus tells the enemy, Get behind me. The angel tells Satan that the Lord rebukes you. Therefore, the word shows we have authority over the enemy. Look at what it says in the Gospels. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now let me pause right there and say that what Jesus is talking about here when it comes to trade on serpents and scorpions is that he's talking about Satan and his demons. And in Matthew chapter 10 verse 1, And we have called unto him his twelve disciples. He gave them power, in other words, authority, against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. And in Mark chapter 16, verse 17 through 18, And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, there you go, you know, in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. 
They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. These verses show that we have authority over the enemy. With Jesus' name, we have authority over the enemy. The enemy, Pharaoh, did not have authority over God's children in Exodus. You look at Exodus chapter 15, verses 9 through 10. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil. My lust shall be satisfied upon them. I will draw my sword, my hand shall destroy them. Thou didst blow with thy wind, the sea covered them. They sang as lead in the mighty waters. The enemy tried to have authority over God's people. That last attempt cost him his life and others. God judged them the same way he would judge Satan. In Revelation chapter 20, verse 10, And the devil who had deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and suffer where the beast and the false prophet were. And they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Now the reason why I shared that the enemy has no authority over us is because a lot of born-again born Christians does not know that they have authority over the enemy. They don't know because they have been taught wrong. They have been taught by pastors that neglect Jesus' authority. They neglect Jesus' authority by saying that the gifts of the Holy Spirit, like speaking of tongues, healing, and prophecy, don't exist. They think those things were only for the early church and not for us. What they're really saying with that is that Jesus takes his promises, takes back his promises. We know that in the word that Jesus does not take back his promises. Jesus has given us the authority just like he gave his early followers the authority. You see, when we choose to live our life in the spirit rather than the flesh, the enemy comes at us. He will try to put us in trials. He will take away our peace and joy, or he'll try to. We can deny him. Because we have the authority in Jesus' name. We have the authority in Jesus' name to keep him from taking away our joy and peace. Even while he persecutes us, we can still worship God. We can still worship God even while we are in a storm. We can still worship God even after a storm. We can worship God before a storm. Now, the enemy picks his spots. As we saw with Jesus, he picked Jesus when he was at his weakest. And still, Jesus whipped him. He told him to be gone. Now, if you're not fasting, most likely you're at your full strength. And if Jesus at his weakest point can 
rebuke the devil, then so can we rebuke the devil at our full strength. We can rebuke the devil even at our weakest moment because we have the authority in Jesus' name. The name of Jesus has given us the authority over our enemy so it cannot take away our worship. Yes, we worship God after victory. We should also worship God before our struggle. We should also worship God while we struggle. You know, yesterday I mentioned about Abraham who went to sacrifice his son. He was being tested. And did Abraham have a pity party or did he have a poor attitude? No. The word says that Abraham went to worship God because his faith was so awesome. And he believed that even if he did sacrifice his son, that God will still raise him from the dead. We worship God. We worship God not only after victory, but we live a lifestyle of worship. And part of that lifestyle is rebuking Satan because he has no authority over us. Amen. Well, we have one more day before the two-day weekend. And I will conclude this series that is within a series, Worshiping God After Victory. And we will look at Exodus chapter 15, verses 11 through 13. And that is called, No One Like Our God. Well, This is the Revelation Podcast, and I am out.